Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree, back for another exciting episode. Listen, I hope you've been following the journey because today it continues to get better. Now, back at the house, y'all usually see the nice orange table, and you might, you might, you might be able to put some clues together. It's a little Syracuse flow here, of course. Cues. I'm a New York Knicks fan, and I'm right here in New York, but even better, I got New York and Syracuse with my boy Adam Honig. Welcome to Catch the Moment, bro. Thank you for having me, David. Great to meet you. Listen, man, pleasure, man. We finally connected, man. A little LinkedIn love here, you know what I'm saying? But but today, man, just great to have you at the table. Talk a little bit about your life, your journey. Like I said, you got a nice, nice little resume with you. But before we get into the resume, before we get into how you add value and what your journey's been like, we always got to start, take a trip down memory lane. So where were you and what were your memories when you saw the helmet catch? That's a, that's a great question. So <laughs> that was the year I met my wife, but it was a few months before I met her, actually. So my nice. cousin used to always have Super Bowl parties at his house over on 22nd Street. So we were there watching the game. I had the city. And you made the catch, and someone looked at me, and I said, that's my guy from Syracuse, and the rest Let's is go. history. So. Let's go. <laughs> y'all, was, y'all, was, y'all was crazy over there? Now, oh, we, were you the only Cuse guy? I was the only Cuse guy. Okay. Everyone in the room is Giants fans. Okay, good. I did not grow up a Giants fan. Grew up a Jets fan, but I was still rooting for you. Hey, listen, man, we forgive you. Can't be perfect, <laughs> right? <Exactly. You> can't. <laughs> I guess Jesus. Only Jesus was perfect, so you know we forgive him for being. You know, we we added some value to to the wounded Jets fan growing up. No, but it was great. So tell me what it was like, because I've always wondered. Like, obviously, we're winning the Super Bowl. We're out in Arizona. What was it like being in the city when when we win this championship? I mean, it was a seventeen year drought. Was it was it just Bananas outside? Horns honking, people screaming. You're in the apartment with the windows closed, but you can still hear the electricity <laughs> on the streets, buses, you know, honking crazy. horns, everyone going absolutely nuts. And, you know, the ticker tape parade, you, you, you know, the what ticker those are tape like. was everything. Everything. Yeah, I can could, I could remember a few, and, a few wild scenes from there. There's no better parade in the world than that parade on no. Broadway, New York City, Canyon like, Heroes. Nothing like the key to the city. It's amazing. Listen, man. I, I agree. I, I mean, like that's 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 a moment where it was everything was a little bit surreal for me. You know, you, you know, you know a little bit of my journey coming out. But um, I'm gonna put the ball back in your court when we talk about a moment. You're, you're the VP, and, and help me say help me say the name of the company right. Like publicist. Close, close. Okay. That's how that's how us Americans would say it. Okay, so give me it, give is, me the it is a French co- a company, so it's pronounced publicist. Publicist. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you sound refined Publicis. saying it that way. Exactly. I took a couple a couple years of French in high school, you there know you what I'm saying? But it didn't bode well because all I wanted to do was, you know, make love and, and say romantic things to girls. That's that's kind of why I took it. That's but language of love. Language of love yeah. is what I is what we hear. So publicist. <laughs> so VP of measurement and analytics. That's correct. Amazing journey. Um, we're going to get into a little bit more of the detail because I'm like, man, I know data is, data is like the new oil is what they say. So yeah. it's, it's a primary point of emphasis for every company, every product in general. But what would you say it has been a good, good journey in your professional career? What would you say has been the defining moment of your of your life or your career at this at this stage? Wow, that's uh that's definitely you get straight to that's it. That's definitely a heavy one. I like, I like to start strong, so we're definitely mixing and matching. Yeah, right I got way. I got to dig in quick. Yeah, I'd say the first job that I ever had out of school was working for um, a division of Madison Square Garden. 
Nice. So I started out uh, right out of college. I graduated from Syracuse the same year as you, 2003. Let's go, baby. The year of the national championship. Absolutely. You know, Carmelo, Carmelo can, can do nothing wrong. In Marshall my Street eyes. almost on fire. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wasn't ready to come home and work and make fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year living with my parents. Ooh, it just wasn't, I just wasn't ready for that. I was, yeah. I was still kind of in school mode. Um, so I wanted to continue my education and I did that because you got an MBA at Seton Hall in your, in your neck of the woods. Nice. Big in, shout out to Essex County, South exactly, Orange, baby. Exactly, nice. exactly. And, and my first job, I got, a, I got on Craigslist, if you can believe that. You was yeah. working? 2005. Craigslist really? was, you know, a little bit more legitimate was, back then. Oh, well, listen, I it was everybody legit. There was a job posted on there, and that's, that's the one that I grabbed up. It was my first job. I started there. Two months after I started, we got bought by Madison Square Garden. So Stop I went, playing. it was crazy. I went from this small little... You know, agency field to this huge conglomerate. They moved us down yeah. right across from MSG. And I spent the first six years of my career there. So that, for me, was a defining moment to get into the industry, into yeah. sports. I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I didn't really know in what way, shape, or form. That's and crazy. I found this job. I cut my teeth. I sat at the front desk. You know, I, I, I had the general counsel flop his stuff on my seat to make <laughs> Xerox copies all day. Yeah. Answer the phone. Bro. You know, Dressed up to the nines, and is, get to the office early. I you know, love be, it. Be seen, all all that kind of stuff. So just super excited to go to work. Excited that's, to be. That's there, literally yeah. how I feel. I mean, like literally today, I'm, I'm doing a couple shows with the MSG. Big shout to to my peoples over at MSG. We're doing odds with ends. We're doing betting exchange. Oh, yeah. Check us there. But I kind of feel the same way. I grew up a Knicks fan, so I don't know. Like I said, I'm I don't know what your affections were on basketball. So now me working. Working with MSG kind of has the same vibes, you know, to, to be a Jersey boy, city boy, come back, work. With, it's crazy, right? Not too many Nets fans out there, even as a Jersey kid. <laughs> yeah. How about Listen, that? I, I mean, like, <laughs> just, just think about when we grew up, right? It was like, I remember the, I think, I think I forgot the, I had a poster. It was Mark Jackson, Trent Tucker, oh, yeah. Johnny Newman. It was like, you know, of course, you know, Ewan. But I always say the Jets, Mets, and the Nets, they're like second-class citizens, you know? <laughs> I, you know, forgive me. I got love for them, but it's like, hey, man. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're 100% percent Whole right. other pedigree, man. That's so but let me get back to you, man. So, yeah. um, obviously, so that's amazing, man. You, you made, made, a, made a quick, sharp decision that, you know what, not ready to just plop right back into this, and it works out well for you. You end up landing, exactly. at least at the time, a dream gig. That's pretty amazing. Love sports. I always played sports growing up. I was always great at a young age and then as I got older the athletic prowess started to slip a little so bit. So I started slipping a little bit? I was the kid on the pitcher's mound when it was when it was Little League and it was 45 feet. I just pulled the ball back and threw it as hard as I could and struck everybody <laughs> out. And then move it back to 60 feet 6 inches. I was like, I'm going to go play first base. <laughs> <laughs> but you you were self-aware. You knew you had to make some pivots. Self-aware, but I, I just love everything about sports. Yeah. Every paper I wrote as a kid was about sports and not about something that wasn't sports because it just yeah. kept me motivated and kept me engaged and entertained. So I always knew I wanted to work in the industry, just, you know, ideally I wanted to be an athlete. That's dope. Yeah. So, all right, so talk, talk to me about, like, you know, your journey into this space. Now, you got, yeah. you know, you got, you know, marketing, you got sponsorship background. Yeah. Like, where, where did you really find your sweet spot within the industry as you were kind of climbing, climbing your way and establishing yourself? Because one of the major emphasis I want people to see is that there's so many different ways to work in sport. Like, it's just, and a lot of times, we're, you know, young people, we have our aspirations, sure. and then we, we might not recognize the value of sponsorship. We might not recognize the value of marketing. So, tell me how you kind of navigated and find your way, and, and maybe who was important along the way to kind of move you along. 
it's all it's a it's a person industry. It's a personable. It's a relationship building sure. industry. So for me, from day one, it was all about networking and mentorship and learning mm. from the finest and the best in the industry. My first boss at MSG, Sam McCleary, still talk to him often to this day. Oh, uh, second father to me, and he's just taught me from day one. Like going into a meeting, you sit down at the table and you don't just talk business. You ask them how their kids are, what they're doing this summer. You get to know people, and you build a relationship. And that, for me, he set that for me at, at an early age. And, and what, where I've found my niche is, is not doing the same thing. Uh, a lot of people will work for a team in sales, and then they'll go to another team, and then another team, and another team. For me, it was about diversity and learning you know, the entire industry from different sides. I started, as I said, at MSG, uh, but it was on the broadcast side. Yeah. And then I went, and I did sponsorship sales which I succeeded ah. at, but I didn't love the actual selling part of it. I enjoyed more of the activation part. Okay, I got uh, you. But that was at, at Endeavor, at IMG, at an agency. Excellent. And I was selling St. John's at the time, okay. uh, sponsorships for the basketball team no in doubt. the Big East tournament. At, at, I about to say, it had to be MSG. basketball. I don't know what else St. John's had. It had to be basketball. <laughs> exactly. Well, they do have a good soccer program. Okay, good. And Big lacrosse. shout. Big shout. And, and baseball, too. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but no football, so that's what everyone always says. I know. I know. That's, that's missing from, from the program. So I went and spent... A couple of years there, I just learned the blocking and tackling of sponsorship. It was nice. the most I've ever learned in my career was there, just understanding how assets are divvied up and, and rate cards and, and, yeah. and you know what's worth what and that kind of thing was just really always very fascinating to me from the start there. Um, and then I went and I worked for a technology company from there and then a social media company and then a measurement company. So like for me, in, so you like, you just, you over here scraping up different background, different units. It's the 360 view for me was important to understand the industry from a lot of different angles to oh. get me to where I'm at right now, which feels like my entire career was built up to do what I'm doing now at Publicis, which is we've got an incredible sponsorship consulting group sure. that does major deals between big brands and big properties, um, team, team deals, league deals with brands. Excellent. We just did a bunch of work with Major League Baseball at the All-Star Game nice. um, here uh, out in L.A. for, uh, for Dodger Stadium. Um, what the team hadn't done historically after the activation is measure it, measure the effectiveness, understand what that sponsorship was worth, what was the, what was the ROI, so... I'm nice. just two and a half months in. Okay, and I'm this is a fresh. New, a new practice. It's fresh, but it's really exciting. It just it feels like it's where I should be. This is pretty neat because most of us, obviously, we we find our lane and we stay. We kind of stick within it. And you 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 had some some frame of reference to, or even maybe just interest and desire. I think I just talked about curiosity. Is, is that something that has been built into you, just hardwired into you? Or is that something that somebody kind of gave you some guidance? Pick this up along the way so that you can have the macro view and add more value as you're growing. Like what? What? Because I'm always interested in your mindset. What? What? What has really shaped your mindset to kind of give yourself that approach? Very curious person. Okay. I was, baseball was really my sport as a kid growing up, and sure. it's a very strategic sport. Nice. Where you're planning what the next move is, understanding how many outs are. What are the three different areas that we need to do next? So like. That was just yeah. kind of ingrained in me from a young age. I'm also an only child. Okay, so okay. I, I grew up with time on my hands. You know, I had my <laughs> own room. There wasn't a whole lot going on in, in the yeah. house. You know, growing up, growing up as a kid, and maybe that's why I went and had a big family, and I got three kids and two dogs in my house. And oh, are, nice. So you got two dogs, too. Two dogs, too. Yeah, I, I got seven kids, and that's why I don't have any dogs. I was going to say, there's no way you guys have any pets. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how, how I do it. Brother, it's absolutely <laughs> insane, man. But that's, that's pretty amazing. So take me back to like you know like who who were the most like the, the influences right um you talked about mentors you know 
family? Who are the people that kind of shaped your mindset? And what would you say is a defining attribute that sets you apart in your approach to your job? I mean, I definitely give a lot of credit to my wife, and she'll love me for saying it, obviously. Let's go, big dog. You got to you do that. And let's go, big dog. We, we share a lot of the same values just as far as, like, working hard, wanting our kids to have a better life than we had, although we both had good lives, very good lives. Oh, that's good. But it's all about just trying to make things better for, for the next generation. And I, I, the two of us always just kind of challenging each other and pushing us, pushing each other yeah. you know, to work hard and, and be great. But also, there's that fine line, and you want to also push away from it and have that family time as well. So have, have some quality, exactly. right? So, you know, big shout to my boy Roman Oman. We had him on a podcast, and we yeah. talked about – you know, the, the common word is work-life balance. And we talked about there's really not, that's, you know, in, in, in my mind, it's a little more theory. But it's more like work-life integration. That's right. Great keyword, great bar. Big shout out to Rome. I'm going to be, you know, buzzing that one throughout the year. But, yeah. you know, I think, I, I think it's important when you talk about your wife, you and your wife in the, in the lab, in the grind. And number one, that makes life all, you know, the, the theme, that, the easiest thing that we all say is happy wife happy life. I don't know if it's that simple, right? <laughs> we got a few other, a few other boxes checked, but that's yeah. definitely yeah. where home is settled. Um, so in relation to like you being formed as a person, you know, I always think about the adversity, how people are overcoming um, when there's a difficult day, a difficult stretch. Um, and even like you said, your interest in sports and the mindset, the mindset of an athlete, I'm sure you have some of those approach. What was maybe some of the most difficult obstacles you had to overcome, whether as a person or in your journey to where you are today? I think just developing that thick skin and being able to hear no uh, every now and then. You know, getting rejected from the first job I applied for, which was with the New York Mets. Got you. I went in there. I interviewed for this job. It was a junior level ticket salesperson. Okay. And I went through the interview. I thought I'd left it all on the table. I felt great. Yeah. And I followed up and I followed up. I didn't hear anything. And I finally, they got back to me. They said, sorry, we decided to go with somebody else. And I said, okay, do you have any feedback for me? Like, what can I do to get better? And they're like, well, we really need somebody that's sold tickets for another major league baseball team before. Okay. And I'm like, I'm 21 years old. Five minutes out of school, <laughs> saw my resume before I came. Yep. You knew I hadn't sold for another team. So this was good practice for me. Sure. But it was also like, oh, wow, I didn't get that job that I thought I was a, a shoe-in to get. Perfect. And, you know, it's just that, 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 that will make you stop for a second yeah. and understand that, like, it's not always a cakewalk. Yeah. And things are not always easy. And, you know, I've had a great career and a, a ton of fun throughout it. But, you know, I've never gotten a job easily. I've had to work and fight for really everything I've ever had to do throughout throughout my life. So that's been that's been fun. That's motivated me to push even harder. All right, that's good. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize that because, honestly, you know, somebody would assume similar things about me, and I've had a lot of success as a former athlete, but also don't feel like opportunities have that of, of equal stature have kind of, like, found themselves on my desk. Like, you know, but at the same time is – how do you manage the value proposition? And like I said, I know you're in a good, good, good position with publicists. <laughs> I know how to say it. I with mean, publicists. It's amazing. <laughs> so how have you managed the value proposition if, if you, you feel like, whether, whether you feel overlooked you know, or not, like, is that a part of your internal uh, dialogue that you're having as you're, as you're making your way? And what are some of the things that you're, you know, what's that self-talk that we, we talk about that you're giving yourself as you're taking that journey from... To your next moment. I mean, I've worked with some crazy people in my day. 
I yeah. work with people Talk about from it, bro. all walks of life, <laughs> all different types of personalities, type A, yeah. you know, type whatever else. You just need to learn how to work with people and okay. understand how their personalities are and how you can mesh with those personalities. Sure. And for me, that's been fairly easy for others, maybe not necessarily you know, as, as simple throughout, throughout careers, but, you know, just being able to mesh with different types of personalities and, and understand how to work with people and get feedback. That's not necessarily positive and understand that maybe it's not me. Maybe it's this person does this with everybody. And I just need to take my lump and move forward and then make those changes and see what happens. But, you know, I've worked with people that will say, you know, change A to B and then I'll show it back and they'll say change B to A. And it's like, I can do this for you. That's fine. I can play that game. <laughs> hey, can I can dance back. and dance. We can go back and forth. But, but then I've also worked for some really, really, you know, bright, you know, minds in the industry that I've learned a ton from sure. as far as, you know, how to, how to sell, how to market. Um, and then in my current role, you know, how to strategize and how to build a product. Excellent. So it sounds like, You've recognized the need to be to be pliable, right? You know, whether it's a team player, be pliable, recognize what the mission is, not be offended. And offense is like, you know, at all, at all time high in society, right? Like yeah. everybody's, we're all in our feelings, right? I think there's a song, and I'm not like heavy on on, on, on the current song, but I know there was a, a very cool song that my players used to sing called Boot Up. You know, feelings, you know, so that's kind of how it went. So we don't like want to be that. in our feelings if we're going to, if we're going to really excel and do well and and really perform at a high level with anything, right? Like if you get emotionally hung up, you're going to miss opportunities. So, all right, we got to get straight to it now. Like we, we, we got the Q's bond in bro. So you, you did something extremely cool, man. Like, and so when I, when I saw this on the I'm like, Syracuse network. What? what?" (laughs) So talk about this cool network that you've established where it came from. And like I said, it, it almost feels like, you kind of have an awareness like I'm starting to click into, you know, not just in my professional life, but I got some passions that are starting to brew and materialize. Talk, talk to us about it. Well, the pandemic was a bitch, wasn't it? For it's everybody. True. <laughs> so Man. That, that's where this whole thing started. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you introspect, you, you think more during that time. You're sure. inside, your head is spinning. We've never seen this in society before in our, in our day. So, People became certified yoga instructors during that time. <laughs> Others became certified, you know, chefs. No doubt. Some people made clothing. No and, doubt. And, and came up with business ideas. I got this crazy idea to build a sports and entertainment network nice. during the pandemic. At the time, I was working for um, a company called MVP Index, where I spent uh, over five years of my career. Okay. Probably some of the best years of my career were, were spent there. And I was working with uh, a, a great guy by the name of Chris Kiernan, who was a former boss of mine and uh unfortunately chris is a passionate georgetown alum um, so i never okay. was never a fan of that but he's a he's a great guy otherwise yeah and we were talking about like some business development initiatives for 2020 at the beginning of the year and he was like i think we need to network more so he's like uh. georgetown's got this great organization called gema i'm gonna go hit them you go hit the syracuse version of gema and I was like, what the hell is GMA? And he was like, it's Georgetown Entertainment Media Alliance. They've got a website, 10,000 people on an email blast. They do lots of events and stuff. They've been doing it for 20 years. Nice. Him and one of his roommates in college created it. Um, so I went to Syracuse, not physically, because nobody could do it anywhere physically <laughs> in March of 2020. But yeah. I went on their website, and I started doing some digging. And I ran sure. Google searches. And I was trying to understand, you know, from my experience in this industry, Every step of my career has been just 
plastered with great Syracuse people. Sure. Uh, coworkers, bosses, colleagues, clients. There's just an unbelievable um, pedigree of Syracuse people in this industry. It starts out of, uh, obviously, out of Newhouse. Newhouse, the communication Legacy. school with, with Bob Costas and Marv Albert, and the list goes on and on. All in all. And everybody knows Syracuse in sports because of broadcasting. Sure. But in 2005, right after you and I graduated, they started a sports to, uh, school within Syracuse called the David Falk um, uh, uh, college, the Falk College of Sport and Human Dynamics. Sorry sure. if, I, if, I, if I bought butchered that one a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but David Falk was Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing's agent, and he was an SU alum as okay. well. And he donated a lot of money to the school to put his name on this new building. Nice. And they moved a few programs around, um, and they, they housed it under this, under this program, and they started a sports program in 2005. Okay. I believe it was one of the first ones in the country. Nice. And they've... They've just developed it and refined it a Amazing. lot over the years, and the kids in this program are like nothing you've ever seen. Now, the SU Sports Network is not just Fox School. Okay, that's, that, that's definitely a, a bit of the interest because they're the sports of program. But it's it's agnostic to school. It's arts and sciences. It's it's Whitman management. It's Newhouse. It's anybody that went to Syracuse undergrad or grad. Nice. alums, students, and faculty, and it's just a way to connect everybody better you know, around our, our, our common love for, for Syracuse and for the sports and entertainment industry, whether you're, whether you're an athlete or a, or a, a play-by-play -play person, sure. or you're you know, like me working for an agency, or you're working on the team side, or you're a lawyer for the NFL. I mean, there you go. It's for, it's for everybody to just like find a, a common place to like bond and get fired up about about Trust Syracuse together. If you've been up, if you've been upstate, if you've been up on the hill, oh, yeah. then you know it's a one a one in a lifetime kind of bond when you when you cross crossing that quad through <sighs> three feet of snow, <laughs> thirty six inch dumps, <laughs> right? The Salt City plastered. <laughs> but um, what should people look for, or expect from the network? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And the university's been instrumental as well. Big in shout, partnering with me. You know. People have tried things like this before and, and gone out and done it on their own. And the university said, nope, we're not going to endorse it. So I, I came up with a logo. They were like, yeah, that's the old 80s. Houston <laughs> hammered. And I was like, no problem. So they made me a logo. Their nice. marketing department. I was like, this looks beautiful and legit. And like, it's got the marks and everything. So okay. the university has been an amazing partner. And, and there's been a handful of people you know, around that I've, I must have had, gosh, 50 calls over six so, or eight months in 2020 to just try to get to the right person to pitch this. Nobody got it at first. And then I had to show a deck and I had to walk through it. Yeah. And even when I emailed the deck, people weren't getting it. So I had to actually like present it every single time. And then people just started to say, this is a, a pretty great idea. So they created a, an organization. So Excellent. we're like on the same tier as like the, you know, international department and, you know, the LGBTQ sure. group, all like, one of the, oh, the interest groups. One of the interest groups. So what we're going to do going forward is lots of events. Nice. You know, getting people together in person as well as, as virtually. Sure. And just trying to rally everybody around this, this common love. We had our launch event in New York in May at Lavo Nightclub, which was 150 people yeah. strong. We had deans from Newhouse come down. and nice. A bunch of different schools come down from the university. Otto was there. Otto uh, came through? Until he had to leave early to, uh, to make his flight. Because Otto's a stud. Otto for. might be the most famous alumni yeah. we have. <laughs> Otto, Otto, Otto showed his face. He didn't say anything, obviously. No, it's all good. Um, we're going to be doing more events. We already have slotted in, and I'll, I'll give this to you, but it's not even public yet. Sure. Uh, we, have on, our next we, two, we want the dimes we here. We have on our Kestimo. next two events that are 
that are, are being planned for November 1st and 2nd in Baltimore on the 1st and D.C. on the 2nd. And we're finalizing exactly what the program is going to be. We're getting around then. We're starting, we're starting to make some moves. Ooh, and we're going to be up for, uh, for Orange Central for homecoming on September 30th. Bet. We've got a little booth in the Shine Center. Bet. Let's go. So, so yeah, it's, it, it's gotten real. And, and, and I'm not doing it. I haven't made a dime off of it. I, I won't make a dime off of it. But it's probably man. the most satisfying thing I've done throughout my career. And the calls that I've gotten. I mean, you reached out to me because of this. Yeah. And I've gotten amazing calls from, you know, the Brandon Steiners of the world and, uh, and lots of other great, you know, Syracuse alums and, and sports that are. I got, I got a funny story yeah. about Brandon Steiner. Okay. Or, you know, there was a bidding war after the Super Bowl that he was involved in. Let's just say that he didn't win. Oh, boy. You know, when you buy out your, your alumni, I would make sure I got that deal. But business is business. Okay, apparently. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Big he just sold a fanatic, so I think he did something right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, trust me, he did a lot right. Yeah. He did a lot right. You know, um, no, it's, it's fantastic. Hey, listen, number one, as great one, we can, you know, I think that's what any good business or any valuable uh, proposition is when you recognize the opportunity, right? You saw that opportunity and really filled the gap because for, for some strange reason, I feel like we have one of the most dynamic traditions, histories, and alumni bases, but we're not, we're not connected as well as we could or in my estimation should be. I know I'm not the, the greatest networker, but I'm like, man, why is it, why, why are we getting this love? You know, like, how Bob Costas ain't giving more love through the year? <laughs> but I think, you know, hopefully... Uh, what you've created will be part of the solutions. And I just want to encourage everybody to take that leap. You know, like take that leap, recognize the opportunities that exist within your own ecosystem because that's what that's when, when you begin to kind of dig into some of your purpose. You begin to kind of dig into some of uh, your unrealized skill sets and potential as my boy Adam, Adam here has already done. All right, bro, so before we get off cues, you know, like I remember, I don't know where, where you were when you found out that, that years ago we were like the number one party school in the country. So, you know, before, before, because I know I had some wild times on the hill. Like, you got to give me at least one crazy, crazy story from your time in Syracuse, and maybe I'll give you one as well. Fair enough. All, All right. right, go for it. Let's go. Let me hear it. Let me hear the Honig <laughs> crash dummies. I love it. I love it. So this is always my first Syracuse story. It's, it's how, how I fell in love with the university. Yeah. I'm visiting. It's the only visit I took up to campus. I went with a guy that I went to high school with. We took the, the bus up there from the wow. city. It was like seven hours. You know how, the, how that out. goes. It stops every 20 minutes. Greyhound. And Peter we, get up, we get up to campus, and I had a friend in high school who was a year older than me who had a friend from camp who lived at Day Hall, who was a freshman. Day Hall. So he offered up, why don't you guys come? You can stay with me, and I'll crash on the floor in the, in the, in the, in the dorm room and get the full experience. No said, doubt. Fantastic. That sounds great. So we get up there late, 10, 11 o'clock at night. We call him up. He comes downstairs. He lets us into his room. And he's like, you know what, guys? My roommate's not here. I'm going to go stay with my girlfriend. You guys can have rooms to, your, room to yourself tonight. I'm not going to be here before you go in the morning. It was very nice to meet you. Enjoy the room and see you later. So we're like, oh, this is great. And then we're like, should we go out? Like, we don't have a key. All right, fine. We'll just crash and wake up early and, and check out the university in the morning. So we go to sleep. Yeah. You know, Night falls, it's the you know, middle of the night, we're fast asleep. Three, four o'clock in the morning, the door opens, and he comes back into the room, climbs into bed with me. <laughs> Kid you not. What? And I'm kind of like pinned up against the wall, and I'm like, well, he's 
first of all, I'm fast asleep. I was like, he's being nice to let me sleep in his room. Maybe he argued with his girlfriend. I don't know. So I'll just shut up and try to fall back asleep, which of course I couldn't. So I'm like sitting there staring at the wall for the last four hours of the night. Finally, <laughs> finally the sun comes up and I roll over. And I look at him and he looks at me. Who the hell are you? Get the heck out of here. It was a drunk guy that just rolled into the room and climbed into Are you serious? <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> so I look at my friend Spencer, and he looks at me, and I said, you know what? I got to tell this story. I'm going here. <laughs> oh, my history. gosh. That is legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get some random drunk dude who walks into the dorm room. First and last time that ever happened, I promise. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right, so since we're doing a visiting story, I'm going to give my visiting story. Of course, I'm obviously on the recruiting side. Oh, yeah. Ian McIntosh is a DB, and his oh, brother yeah. Kyle was a running back. Yeah. Ian's my host. Connecticut guys, right? Yeah, Connecticut yeah. guys. Cheshire, Cheshire yeah. Connecticut. So, you know, it's my third visit on, on my recruiting, recruiting trip. And I get up there, you know, and at the time, that's what it was, right? Get drunk and, and, and see if you can score, right? So it's college life for that you. Was, that was basically yeah. that was that was basically the routine for for, for getting the recruit in, right? Like let's you drink, all right, we're gonna show this little sucker. Right? <laughs> so we go to Harry's, down yes. to Harry's, throwing him back. I'm 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 big Willie because that's what I did. I was I was I was going all the way there. And you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, room, you know, room just started closing in a little bit. Mm. You know, I was feeling myself. I'm still talking big, big money, and uh, but let's let's just say, I gave up a whole lot that night. <laughs> okay, I gave up a whole lot, but I also gave my commitment, and I don't even oh, know why. Like I didn't get laid. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get laid. There, there was nothing about Syracuse in my visit that was so super duper dynamic. But they were the first school to offer me, and um, and and. I mean, like, it was memorable and not memorable at the same time. I gave up my entire guts that night. I can imagine. Yeah, man. But, but you probably felt better afterwards, right? I, of course I did. Exactly. You, know, gave, gave, you know, gave Coach Pascaloni all hungovers, red-eyed, my, my mom next to me at the time. God rest her soul. But, um, oh but yeah, man, it was the beginning of great things. I probably have a few more wild stories that are way better than that, but it was the visiting that, that got us stirred up. <laughs> And what united us to Syracuse, man. So everybody is looking to do something significant. And, of course, you have to have a focus and a target. Um, you've worked your way there. What would you say is your mission and your motivation at this stage in your life? Yeah, I mean, I talked about it a little bit earlier just as far as, like, my, my children and making sure that you know, they've got they've got a, a better life moving forward. So for me, it's really all about the kids and, and providing as much as I possibly can with, with you know for for them and you know just having a lot of fun and laughing a lot and enjoying and, it. and keeping things light and not taking myself or those around me too seriously. Yeah, has always been something that's like stuck with me. It's powerful. And 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 the it other really thing is. as far as mission is like just like the way you treat people is just so remarkable. How most people don't get that. So just. Sure. Treat people with the utmost respect, you know, everybody, no matter who they are, being respectful and, and, and caring and listening, you know, has, has, has been, you know, huge for me as well. Yeah, it's the simple things that often get overlooked. Even when we talk, when we're saying things like, you know, living for our kids, we're really talking about our legacy. I use some fun, bigger words that kind of, you know, that might speak different to, to different people. But for me, I say I'd rather have post posterity than, pro than prosperity. I'm looking for prosperity. I want to do well, but... My posterity is about my legacy. It's about my generations and how they live on and the impact that they have. And they can be prosperous far beyond whatever I do 
in the earth, which is pretty amazing. So you talk about legacy. You talk about enjoying the ride, right? Like, you know, catching the moment, essentially, exactly like being right. present in the moment uh, and, and allowing those experiences to, to be meaningful. You know, I think one of the most powerful things that you've shared with us is your, your, your sense of adventure, your curiosity, your capacity to go into new arenas, right? Explore new arenas. So I want to make sure that the audience was actually hearing the heart and what, you know, what your, what your life has amounted to because although it comes off very simple, it's actually pretty dynamic when you talk about what the journey really looks like and some of the, some of the, uh, the batons that, you know, you're, you're accruing along the way, you know, you're putting these skills and, and, and you're putting these right. relationships, um, Last thing, since you do work in sport, who's maybe the the coolest person that you've met uh, along the way? I mean, like, man, like you was just really delighted by their presence. And it doesn't have to be an athlete, but, you know, just someone who maybe the audience might know. It, it goes back to before my working in sports days. Even better. As a kid, I was a huge Yankee fan in the 80s when they were so bad. And Don Manley was my guy. Don he was their Manley. first baseman. Yes. I'm pretty sure the first pack of baseball cards I ever bought when I opened up, he was the first card in there. And I was like, this is going to be my guy. Still. And he was so much fun to watch and so gritty. And, you know, unfortunately never won a World Series. No, and they didn't. won the year after he retired in 96 with Jeter. And I believe they did give him a ring because, you know, he was a, a huge part of, he was. Of, of the previous, you know, success getting to that point. But I met him at a baseball card show at the old Jackie Robinson Museum in New York before nice. they built the new one, and he signed a bat for me, and I've got it. When we talked yeah. uh, on, on Zoom, I've got it as part of my background in my office, just a Don Manley signed bat. And it's, it's just like, it reminds me like of, of where I came from and the journey, and 23 was my number because of him. Okay. And then as a Knicks fan, my first Knicks game uh, at MSG was against the Bulls in Jordan. So I fell in love with Jordan as well, even as a Knicks fan, <sighs> getting torched. And, oh, know, oh, it, it, my, heart, my heart dropped right there, bro. As yeah. much as you're I not, love the Knicks, I loved him too. You're not, you're not talking about the double nickel game, are you? Yeah. I hope you're no, not, I wasn't at that game. Okay, all right, all right. As long as it's not that game. No, because I wasn't know. at that game. I was at a, a regular season game. I think it was an 89. I mean, he torched us enough, so oh, yeah. I, no need to relive the horrors. Oh, no. <laughs> if you remember the Craig Elo game when he hit that shot, at the uh, foul line when he kind of hung in the air. That for was beautiful. Minutes. Yeah, that was beautiful. I went to the next game after that when they beat the Knicks at the Cubs. Gotcha. As long as it wasn't, the, you know, when he came back from retirement, we're at 45 and then no. dropped 55 on us and switched back to 23. I was like, the disrespect. Oh, yeah. Jordan, I, I barely like you, but I love your legacy. But, uh, but nah, amazing stuff, man. Your story is really impactful. Like I said, you know, th this platform is really about allowing every person to be able to see a pathway to themselves towards significance. And I think your story, as simple as it is, is extremely significant because, number one, it's not finished, and there's, there's been so many victories along the way, and we want everybody to find that moment of success. Just give us a last word, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, a word of instruction, a word of advice, a word of counsel to the audience just so that they can have a good honing moment and make sure that they, you know, all my, all my Syracuse people connect to the Syracuse Alumni Network, no doubt. But give us a little quick send-off, and, uh, and we're going to wrap this up. I talk to a lot of students all the time, both, like, being a guest lecturer at Syracuse, at Columbia, at a few different other schools. Nice. And what I usually tell them when, when they ask the same question is differentiate. Differentiate yourself from the competition. Do things differently that the other people aren't doing. You apply to a job, for instance, on LinkedIn. You click apply. Your resume goes in. What's 99% of people doing? Nothing. 
Mm. Right? If you do more than nothing, you're putting yourself in a better spot. If you see, if you go to that company and you look, do I know anybody that works there? And, and then you do. You could send them a message or send them an email. Or if you don't know somebody, go find the head of HR and send them a note that you're fascinated with their organization and you'd love to be considered for a role. Or just do something different that everyone else isn't doing. And I think differentiating yourself makes you stand out and makes you do bigger things in life, both personal and professionally. <laughs> oh, boy, you're coming with the bars. <laughs> you're coming with the exit bars. Because that's really what it's about, right? It sounds like, you know what I'm saying, don't just look for opportunities. Don't just expect, but create opportunities. Right? Absolutely. Create opportunities. And when you when you have that mindset of persistence, it will it will cause you to be the outlier. Amongst the amongst a group of people who are just exactly. expecting things to happen because they did X, Y, and Z. Yep. Amen. Sometimes math is just not as simple as it appears. Sometimes you actually have to recreate the whole formula. And that's what my man Adam is talking about. Adam, I want to appreciate you. I want to thank you for coming through, catching a moment with your boy. We'll catch up next time, brother. This was a blast. I'm a fan for life. Let's go, Q's! <laughs> Hey, listen, man, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Thank y'all for tuning in week in and week out with Catch the Moment Podcast. We will be back delivering that next dime that's going to get you where you got to go. And remember, differentiate. Don't slouch. Get great done. And we'll see you next week.